intro music, go. Welcome to episode eight of the Small Talk podcast with the Smallgan Real Estate team. Today, we're actually with Lou Marotti, who is an established loan originator at First Community Mortgage. Um, and uh, typically, we start this off with a review. Um, and don't worry, we got one for you. So we oh, worked with good. Lou. So I'm going to read it, and then you can respond. Um, it just gives uh, our audience a little bit more of an idea of, of who you are and what other people think about you. So... Um, David from Granville says, we worked with Lou from start to finish in our home search, and he was always extremely responsive and communicated clearly with what we needed and what was expected of us. He was really easy to work with and took something that could potentially be a very stressful situation and made it much less so. How would you respond to that review? Yeah, I mean, buying a house is probably one of the more stressful things in life. And um, I really pride myself on being available and helping people trying to make this process as easy as possible and understandable. And I'm glad someone thought so. Yeah, that's definitely something I appreciate when working with a lender. Um, I mean, as real estate agents, we're expected to be available and on call pretty much any time, which I mean, that's not always what happens, but um, I expect that out of lenders that I work with too, right? So we're, we're out showing properties on the weekend and to have the best shot at getting your offer accepted, you need to have an up-to-date pre-approval and you're always available to get that done. And um, I, I appreciate that and you and every lender that I work with, that's super important. So thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're buying a house, you get a question Friday night, you don't want to wait till Monday afternoon before a lender can answer that for yeah. you. <laughs> Let me get back to you once the <laughs> offer deadline is here. So mm -hmm. um, that's just not the response we want, right? So uh, the number one question or the number one thing that I'm hearing right now is interest rates. Um, and everybody wants to know, can you give us a quick rundown of where interest rates are right now? And um, where kind of you expect that to happen in the future? Like what do you, what do you see happening with interest rates? Yeah, I mean, right now, interest rates are rising with that 10-year Treasury note. They're um, an extremely correlated uh, item, and interest rates are high sixes, low sevens right now on a 30-year fixed with good credit. And sure. um, historically, that's around where they normally are. So we just had some fantastic interest rates, things that weren't sustainable, and now they're a little bit higher. Um, I do see continued increases. The Fed has basically said, we are going to make this worse. So um, I see them going up a little bit here, uh, probably all the way through Q1 or Q2 of next year. But um, I I don't see them remaining there for multiple years. I, I think they get back um, five or four where we were before. I don't see it getting back there anytime soon, but um, I do see it coming down in the future, not like the near, near future though. Yeah, and I, I'm definitely a big proponent of you got to take the good with the bad, right? So when we had great interest rates, you had other things like you had to waive inspections or give an appraisal gap. And now that interest rates are a little bit higher, I see that, you know, our clients are getting um, offers accepted a little bit easier with fewer contingencies and, um, you know, maybe not having to waive inspections or um, not having to give an appraisal gap. Is that what you're seeing too? Yeah, um, I'm getting sellers getting their closing costs paid for by their seller. Uh, we offer a program where they the seller can buy um, the first year 
2% lower than what your interest rate will end up being at the end um, for the first year. And then no, 2% um, lower for the first year. And then the following year would be 1% lower. And then um, the third year it goes into the full normal rate at that point. But, you know, if you think interest rates are going to drop within a couple of years, um, you'd have that ability to refinance. And if not, you know, you still got what I think is a competitive rate for where markets are. And we're going to prove that you can make that payment. So shouldn't be a huge shock um, at the end of that. But um, I'm seeing a lot of advantages to buyers now where before all the cards were in the seller's hand and you had to do anything to get an offer accepted. So, um, you know, I, I think it's certainly an advantage to buyers currently the way the market's moved. Yeah. Um, so when we're working with our, our clients, first thing we, we typically say to them is you need to get approved for a loan. What does that mean? Yeah. So, um, the first thing is a pre-approval, which would mean that you would do an application with me. I take a snapshot of the last two years, where you lived, where you worked, that kind of thing. I'd pull credit. Um, if things look good, we talk over numbers and I ask for supporting documents, um, you know, pay stubs, W-2s, that kind of thing. Um, assuming everything matches out up, I give a pre-approval to uh, the buyer and the agent. And then at that point, you're free to go out and write an offer knowing that um, when your offer gets accepted, you're approved and um, we're going to take those facts, apply it to the loan. And, um, you know, the process is about 30 days, get you that house in that time. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned some other programs to get different interest rates. Um, or wh- why does that matter? Why do interest rates matter? How does that affect your, your loan? Yeah. So, um, and the interest rate is what we collect on the amount of money you borrow. So, you know, if it's higher, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars here and um, millions potentially. So um, at that point, every percent makes a huge difference as far as what your monthly payment um, equates to. So that's what we're collecting. And then you're also paying an additional principal and homeowners insurance and taxes. And a lot goes into the complete mortgage um, payment. But um, obviously interest rates are a huge proponent of what your purchasing power is. Yeah. Now, is it possible to buy down your interest rate? It is. Yeah. So, what um, does that look like? Yeah. So for the most part, you are paying money up front to lower that interest rate. Um, you know, instead of paying a higher interest rate and a smaller amount of that over a long period of time, you pay a lump sum up front and then, that lowers that interest rate. Typically the break-even point when you're buying these interest rates down is five years. Um, it can come and go and there are some discounts out there every once in a while, you know, the first couple um, areas you're looking to buy it down. But for the most part, your break-even point's about five years. So if you know you're gonna be in the house, you're not planning on refinancing, you don't see interest rates going down, I think it makes complete sense. Okay, what is um, the most popular type of loan that you're, you're using right now? Yeah. So um, I think for those more established uh, buyers who have had a job for a while, good credit, um, higher income, a conventional mortgage is typically what I'm seeing uh, and what's the best fit for those people. And for those new home buyers, um, FHA allows you to stretch your budget a lot farther. It's a lot more forgiving on credit scores. So I think those two programs are the two that most people are following in, but there's a lot of programs out there that we make sure to apply what fits you the best. Cool. 
Um, so what, what does somebody have to do to get pre-approved? So like I um, kind of commented before, we just take a snapshot. Um, we pull credit and we look at where you live, where you work. We analyze your debts versus how much income you're making and apply your credit score. Um, and then I collect documents supporting those things. So pay stubs, W-2s, 1099s, tax returns, whatever that looks like for each individual buyer to make sure that, yeah, um, you can afford to buy that house. Yeah, we talk, we, I, I think you mentioned buying power. What does that mean? So, um, you know, when I look at what you're pre-approved up to, that's what kind of payment can you afford based on what a computer tells me. So um, for the most part, we take your gross income um, and you can, we assume that you can pay all your debts and your mortgage based off of 50% of your gross income. That's not exact, but it's pretty darn close. So um, after your debts, whatever's left over from your gross income at that point um, would be left for a house payment. Um, that house payment reverses into how much of a house can you buy there? So, you know, $400,000 house, you're looking at $2,500 payment. Like if you can afford a $2,500 payment, it reverses back to that $400,000 house. So buying a car or something like that would affect how much you can afford as far as a house. Yeah. Any um, monthly payment that is showing up on your credit report. So cell phones and stuff like that aren't, but car payments, credit cards, um, hard money loans, those kind of things all show up on your credit report. And each one takes away a dollar you could be spending on that house payment and putting it towards the other bucket of your monthly debt that's not housing. That makes a lot of sense. So I'm hearing... Um Buyers are asking about seller financing. Are you familiar with what seller financing is? Yeah, a little bit. You know, um, the seller kind of allowing you to assume that mortgage and um, letting that take over. And I, I, I haven't seen a lot of that happen in Michigan in this area, but it's certainly something that's out there and something that I don't get involved as much with, but yeah. it's out there. So one thing that you need to... Um, kind of think about when is like earnest money and what's it, what's earnest money? Yeah. If you're putting a, if you're buying a house, the first thing the seller wants to know is, are you serious about buying this house? And so, um, you take money initially and put it into what's called an escrow account. It basically just sits there until you close on the house. Um, and that amount gets applied to your closing costs and down payment in the end. Okay. So it's still your money. It's just, being held until you close, right? Correct. Yeah. So, okay. um, and if for some reason a valid reason comes up that you don't end up buying the house, let's say the appraisal comes in low or um, you find things while you're in your inspection period that just make you not want to buy the house, you get that earnest money back. Um, you know, it is your money. And again, it gets applied to that down payment and closing costs in the end. But if you just walk away for no reason, it's kind of a safety net for that seller to know that they get something for that period. Sure. Yeah. Um, what What's a typical earnest money deposit? Like how, how much of a, a checks should you uh, have for earnest money? I typically see around 1% of the purchase price. Um, it can vary from $500 to I've seen it as high as $50,000 or the complete 20% down payment that somebody was putting down just to truly show how serious you are about buying the house. So 
Um, I tell my potential buyers, talk to the realtor. They know what it will take and what's important to the seller. Um, you guys are fantastic at talking to sellers agents. What's important to your seller? And if an earnest money deposit is important, you should probably beef that up. Again, it's your money the whole way through, but you guys are going to know that better than me. Sure. Thank you um, for that. And then um, any uh, advice for somebody looking to buy a home in the next year? Get pre-approved first. Make sure that you don't fall in love with a price point that you can't afford. Um, you know, if you fall in love with that four hundred thousand dollar price point and can't afford it and have to go down to two hundred thousand, it's really hard to find that house that you like. Also, you start spinning your wheels and taking up a lot of your time on houses that don't um, work. But I would say that, and then also sit down and figure out what payment makes sense for us as far as a family budget. So um, just because I say you can get approved up for a $2,000 payment doesn't mean you're comfortable with that. So have an idea what you feel comfortable paying and then I can figure out what that mortgage amount and pre-approval amount looks like so that you feel comfortable making that payment. Yeah, and then um, so with interest rates, that has a big impact on your monthly payment, right? So yeah. are you reaching out to buyers like that have been with you for a while and um, letting them know like, Hey, interest rates are gone up the, what you can afford for a house. It might, might now have gone down. Oh yeah. Without question. I okay. mean, we, we need to be proactive. Everyone needs to be proactive about this and anyone that's buying a house. Um, I would suggest connecting with your lender before you put that offer in, make sure right. that, you know, that buying power hasn't gone down to the point that you can't even afford the house that you're looking at. Make sure that payment's still in that comfortable range for you. Yeah, that's why it's super important as a listing agent. I look for a pre-approval that has the address of the property that they're writing an offer on because I want to know that that lender has approved them for this property with the interest rates that are currently available to them. Yeah, I mean, you can't plug in an address two weeks ahead of time and be right on what they're going to buy. Right. So, I mean, you know that that lender's looked at it recently. So, yeah. it's smart. So, um, enough with the mortgage talk, right? Like, we, I, it's... Um, who's, that was a lot. Yeah. Um, so... What is what, what do you do outside of real estate or mortgages? Yeah, I, I'm a huge family guy. Uh, I like to have fun with my kids. I've got an eight and six year old um, at home and they're involved in sports and dance and all sorts of stuff. Uh, I also am a big fisherman. I attempted to do uh, competitive bass fishing tournaments uh, and a couple of uh, eight hour trips with one or no fish. Uh, that's a long day, but, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy that. And I, I'm, I think I'm getting better. You should have brought Louie with you. He would have caught the fish. So yeah, my son is, uh, <laughs> better than me at times for sure. Um, so how long have you lived in the Grand Rapids area? So I moved here right after, uh, high school. So I've been here over 20 years now. Um, I went to Grand Valley and I just fell in love with the city. I never went back home afterwards. I was fortunate enough to meet my wife here and I have lived in the Grand Rapids area ever since. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's the same story I'm hearing from a lot of people, Grand Valley or our colleges bring people to the city and then they realize this is where they want to be and they end up staying out. I don't know if that's like the same every other college town or big city, but um, I feel like Grand Rapids is a draw um, with the colleges and people end up just staying. So those, those people who have really made a lot of money in the Grand Rapids area have really reinvested in the city with cool things like Art Prize. And it just, it's a city that um, is certainly growing. I, I love the people here. We're all 
overly friendly, I would think. Like some people are taken aback. Like I'll walk into your garage and say, hey, what's going on, man? How are you doing? So um, I love it. And yeah, I think Grand Rapids is a fantastic city. Would you say, what do you say your uh, favorite thing is about Grand Rapids? You get everything. I mean, there's that city feel downtown. I live in an area with a lot of woods and lakes around me. And I mean, whatever you're looking for, I think Grand Rapids provides it. So it's very cool. And again, I think the people that have made a lot of money have reinvested in the city and um, it shows. So um, if you could be remembered for one thing, what would you, what would it be? Ooh, that's a tough one. I guess um, how much I care about others and how far I'll go to make sure that, you know, everyone is taken care of and has a good time and um, enjoys whatever process we're in the middle of. So I, w- I think I would hope that for that. Yeah. Yeah. You're definitely a, a people pleaser and um, you, uh, you also do a, a yard game tournament. Tell me about that. Yeah, so I get 16 uh, couples together, and uh, we play four different games. We drink a lot of beer and <laughs> eat a lot of food, and we have a lot of fun with that. So um, I love to get people together. Uh, I I think I've got a great core of friends, and they should know each other, and I love hanging out with them, and that's one way to like kind of just mash a lot of great people together and compete and have fun and just enjoy our day. Yeah, it was it was fun the, the one year that I did it, and I did – get to know some people that you know better, which was uh, one of the benefits of doing that. So thanks. You even for won a couple of games. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that was true, but if yep. they weren't keeping score, I might've won. But um, so uh, what else do you do with your family? What does that look like? Yeah. So like I said, we do a lot of sports. Um, I'm outside a lot. Uh, I get the opportunity to uh, fish every now and again with them, Um, you know, visit grandparents and grandmas. I'm looking forward to going to a Michigan game uh, up here with the whole family. So um, it's going to be exciting. My wife and daughter have never been there. And the last time my son went, he was so little, he doesn't even remember. So a really cool venue there and looking forward to it. Um, So are are you a, you're a Michigan fan? I am a Michigan fan. Go blue. I I was actually born in the state of Washington. My dad's from the state of Washington and growing up, um, one of the most fun days was new year's day. And it was just like those college bowls that were always there. And Michigan was always playing a Washington team. And my dad would just entrench and let's go Washington. And my mom was, let's go Michigan. And it just a memory that sticks with me forever. I, really still enjoy that college bowl season because of that. And Michigan was just kind of like what I grew up with. And yeah. it, it was fun to give my dad hell when he lost. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, that, that's actually why I got into it too. It's just being around family and uh, the friendly like competition or just rooting for something. Going to games is a lot of fun too. So yeah, glad, without question. glad your wife and daughter get to experience that. So, yeah. um, so um, have you always done mortgages or have you done other things? Yeah, I uh, ran a comedy club for a while in downtown Grand Rapids. We had a ton of fun, got to meet a lot of really fun, cool people out there. Um, I was a liquor rep for a little while as well. So um, I think mortgages is kind of where I am. Like you said, I'm a people pleaser. And, you know, those people that are buying a house are so overwhelmed at times. And it's a very gratifying job to be able to make sure that they get a great experience and, um, you know, understand the process all the way through and know that they got someone that's actually for them the whole way. Yeah. Um, 
So any funny stories about the comedy club days that you can share here? <laughs> I don't know how many that I can share here, but um, I did get a chance to visit the Grand Rapids bars with guys like Doug Benson, who um, is known as the high time man of the year and people like Craig Robinson from the office. And I mean, an innumerable amount of movies is one of the most fun people you'll meet. He would always show up last second. We're searching everywhere for this guy. And um, he, there was a wedding venue right next to this comedy club. And he's just in the middle of these weddings. He was the original wedding crasher. I mean, he was just always at these weddings, having fun, meeting people. It was a lot of fun. So it was good. So uh, final question, any funny real estate or mortgage stories that you have? From my side, it's it's a little bit more difficult where there's not as much humor and fun um, on the banking side. But, um, you know, I, I have had language barriers. I did have someone who um, didn't quite understand that I needed a bank statement. I asked him to show up uh, to the realtor with a bank statement. And I, I was like, you need to prove you got $10,000. And he shows up with $10,000 cash and handed it nice. to this realtor. Uh, fortunately he was, uh, a good enough guy that he gave it back and tried to talk him through it back. He deposited, he did not buy in a house. We used that money for what it was supposed to. And, uh, yeah, he, he's still in the house. He likes it a lot. Good deal. So, um, how, how can, uh, our viewers get a hold of you if they're interested in getting pre-approved or talking to you about lending? Yeah, I, I'm always connected to my cell phone, 616 eight two one five three nine three make sure that shows up uh down below and uh my email is lou.maradi at fcmhomeloans.com you can find me at first community mortgage um yeah I, i'd love to help and just answer questions or whatever i can do for you well i appreciate you taking your time to talk with us and uh letting our viewers know a little bit more about you and they can see what i see that you're a hard worker and a people person and uh good to work with so um, thank you for taking your time today to talk to us. Thanks for the invitation. This was a lot of fun. So um, make sure you like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, and we'll be sharing this uh, on other platforms soon. See you next time.